0: Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF, news, talk, traffic. Good afternoon and happy new year to you. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas of Transitions Life Care. Mary, we we made it to
1: 2022. This is pretty cool. I'm a little shocked, actually.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It it was dicey for a while there, uh, but uh, but we made it. And hey, uh, our first show of the new year.
1: I'm very excited, and 2022 is going to be great. I'm really looking forward to it.
0: It is. We've got a lot planned for the show throughout the year, so uh, we appreciate everyone joining us today and hope you're having a a safe and wonderful holiday. And we're going to start out the year and the show talking about mindfulness, and we are very pleased to welcome right now on the show, LaToya Toller. She is a licensed clinical mental health counselor and interior decorator with Mindful Home Interiors. And uh, LaToya, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate being here. Definitely. So LaToya, maybe kick it off. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do?
2: Absolutely. So I um My business is Mindful Home Interiors, and I provide both mental health counseling or uh, interior decorating services. And my focus is around holistic wellness. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And that essentially means that we have an opportunity to really stop living our lives in pieces, as I like to call it. Um, You know, one of the things that's really important is really to be focused on the way that we are not only thinking and feeling, but how are we living? Mm -hmm. And by really focusing on each of those elements in our lives, we can really address our needs in terms of our mental health and also in terms of our environment. And um, that's what I focus on in my business. I really have been working with clients for the past 21 years in terms of really accomplishing wellness in their lives. Mm -hmm. And also, as I've worked with my clients, I have um, learned that wellness is not something that you compartmentalize. Mm -hmm. It really needs to encompass the whole person. And I think that's something that we typically try to do. It it might be that, you know, at work, we try to function in a certain capacity. At home, we try to function in a certain capacity. And what would Mm -hmm. it be like to actually bridge those two things Mm -hmm. um, so that we are really being our best selves? So I try to help my clients really focus on what would it be like to do that.
1: I can imagine being mindful at home is something you can do now as a caregiver, but it also may be triggering for those who are pre-grieving or dealing with a recent loss. What are some of the elements you consider when working on these projects and how do you start this process?
2: Absolutely. So one of the first things that I do is I offer an initial consultation. I really try to get a sense of what an individual's needs are. And a client can come to me at a place where they're really focused on either their mental health or their environment. So Mm -hmm. there are different avenues for someone to get started with services. And my initial goal is really to listen, to get a sense of where are they in their life, Mm -hmm. um, what is the priority in terms of their need at this point, and how I can help. Um, And so I really try to help them identify what those needs are, So that if it's a a concern around mental health, what are the recent experiences that you've had that, you know, are creating a struggle for you that we can build towards your wellness? Mm -hmm. And then also if it's a situation where the client is experiencing a loss that, for example, um, it may be the recent loss of a spouse and, you know, what might it be like to... Uh, return home to a place where you've shared with your loved one for many years and it no longer feels like home because that person is absent so what might be the things that we can change in your environment that can allow you to create uh, a place of safety a, a place that now represents you but also honor that you know person that's been in your life
1: I can imagine for a lot of these situations, it's incredibly difficult to take that first step towards self-care and a step in a journey that is that you might feel very buried or a new grief journey. Um, can you talk us through ways that, to take that first step? How you know, I feel like a lot of people might feel that buried feeling and, and not want to reach out or for, feel guilty or some, um, or some sort of, of feeling around uh, letting go of the past?
2: Absolutely. Well, one of the things that I really encourage people to recognize is that grief is a very normal life event. If we live long enough, we're all going to experience it. And, you know, it is a range of feelings that is very intense. Um, I often like to um, compare grief to the experience of water, you know, in Mm -hmm. terms of sometimes when we see water, we experience it. If it's a waterfall, it's pretty intense and it's rushing. Sometimes um, it might be a stream that's really calm. Sometimes, you know, it is still. And our experience with grief can be like that. And each person has a different place with it. Mm-hmm. And really helping them to see that wherever they are, that's okay. And there's somebody that can walk them through it and help them, you know, as they go through the process. So really, helping them to see that reaching out is a benefit, it's a support. It will help them to work through the pain of grief and and find new meaning in their lives.
1: Mm-hmm. One of my uh, favorite TV personalities, Ted Lasso, uh, once said, "I like to think <laughs> I like to think that grief is the price we pay for truly loving someone, and it's worth every penny." And I feel that yeah. in the things that you're talking through today.
2: Yes, absolutely. You know, I think to go through life without connecting to someone would be even more painful. But Mm -hmm. even if we connect and feel like we have lost that person physically, it doesn't mean that on an emotional level we have lost Mm -hmm. all that connection. And that I think grief teaches us that we can continue to find meaning in new experiences, mm-hmm. new opportunities, new things as, as we continue through life even after a loss. Absolutely.
1: So I'm I'm notorious for finding a great estate deal or uh, taking on all the family furniture from my family. Um, and to me, it yeah. te- to me it tells a story. But to some, that might be emotional to keep around some of these sentimental pieces. Are there ways to weave in estate pieces or family heirlooms in a happy way versus tossing them all and moving forward? Absolutely.
2: I think one of the things that I try to encourage um, people to do is really consider the, area, the pieces that are sentimental to them and in terms of, does it have a story? Does it tell a story or does it remind you of a happy time? Is there something that um, you know, you and that loved one did together to acquire that piece? Or you know, does it remind you of the, the point where you first met? Did you purchase it together? So helping them to think about why it's meaningful to them and then there may be you know, also pieces where they recognize it is too painful to hold on to that and mm-hmm. to create some balance for them by allowing them to purchase some new items as well. So there is a balance between um, holding on to certain items mm-hmm. and also to letting go. And I think that's that natural experience as well that we, we have with grief. You know, there's the, there are those things that we do need to hold on to as part of our memory and our experience, but also some pieces that, over time, it is healthy for us to, to adjust to and move on from and let go. So really integrating the old and the new um, in terms of our pieces and also our experience, I think, can really be beneficial um, for an individual and helping them to see that they don't have to let everything go. Mm-hmm. They can create a sense of wholeness by bridging those two. That's
1: wonderful, and you know, being mindful at home, it may sound expensive. Are there ways to make it personalized while not really breaking the bank?
2: Absolutely. I think one of the things I always experience um, with my clients, and always encourage them, is to you know, if there are items that you love, let's hold on to that those items. Let's really make those a centerpiece in your home, and not feel as though you do need to go out and purchase things that are are new just for the sake of doing that. But really building around what you currently have and also, you know, really respecting a person's budget. What are their goals? What are they wanting to um, build into a space? So it's not necessarily about um, the money, but it's really around what kind of environment are you wanting to create? And my focus is really on creating um, a healing, a soothing space Mm -hmm. that someone can feel that, I can go here to rest. Mm-hmm. So that is really, you know, what I really focus on um, with my work. Mm-hmm.
0: And LaToya, if someone is interested in pursuing that, what's the best way to get a hold of you and to find more information about Mindful Home Interiors?
2: Absolutely. Thanks so much for asking. My website is mindfulhomeinteriorsnc.com, and they can also reach out to me um, through my email, which is mindfulhomeinteriors@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Again, I offer a free consultation just to get a sense of, is this something that's a good fit for you? And what are your needs at this time?
0: Oh, wonderful. Again, that's mindful or mindful interiors at gmail.com. LaToya Toller, she is a licensed clinical mental health counselor and interior decorator with Mindful Home Interiors. LaToya, thank you so much for your time today. This was a wonderful conversation.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it. Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year to you as well. We are taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas. And, you know, we often spend uh, our time talking about big general topics Mm -hmm. but uh, we always find it good to kind of narrow into some specifics every now and then so that you know those who are in that specific situation can uh, have some help and some resources available Mm -hmm. to them so we're going to be focusing this segment on Parkinson's and MS and we're very happy to have on the show right now Ashley Sayaloon she's the owner and instructor at Modified Movement. Ashley thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this topic. I actually was just telling Jason I woke up bright and shiny this morning to uh, hit the gym, which is a New Year's resolution for me. So this is a perfectly timed topic. Uh, Ashley, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what is Modified Movement?
4: Yes, uh, Modified Movement is really a program that integrates yoga and exercise in unique ways that help people with chronic conditions. Um, And it's, it's more about... Bringing awareness to their certain, their specific symptoms and supporting Mm -hmm. them in a way that they can practice yoga or exercise where they feel safe and supported and understand how exactly the exercises are going to benefit them in the, for the long term. Mm-hmm.
1: That's, that's awesome because I feel always super intimidated going into a yoga class. I can't imagine dealing with a chronic condition and also going into a yoga class or, or trying to do some sort of exercise and feeling even more intimidated by it.
4: Exactly. Classes are usually very small, no more than six people, so there's a lot of individual care. It also builds a community where people get to know each other and they Mm. can talk openly in class about their symptoms and struggles. So that's really helpful also.
1: That's wonderful. So you specialize in all sorts of chronic conditions, uh, but I want to touch on a couple specifically today uh, that maybe our listeners uh, are familiar with, Parkinson's and MS. Can you talk to us a little bit about the differences between these two?
4: Absolutely. So... I mean, Parkinson's and MS are different diseases, for sure. They're both degenerative in the sense that they, they affect our daily uh, functionality. So people with both Parkinson's and, and MS will have some similar symptoms, numbness, stiffness, tremors, vision problems, and that affects their ability to balance, walk, do daily tasks. I mean, there's a lot of other more serious complications that go into it, but a lot of them do struggle with just day-to-day tasks Mm -hmm. uh, that are easy for most of us. Mm
1: -hmm.
4: And the functional exercise really, really hones in on that.
1: So when diagnosed with something like Parkinson's or MS, is exercise something that you should start early on to help with the progression of the disease or the outcomes in the long run?
4: Absolutely. I mean, movement in general, any kind of exercise is good for obviously everybody. Mm -hmm. But for people with these diseases, less movement just leads to more deterioration. Mm -hmm. So any movement, any exercise program is absolutely beneficial to them. Um, And you can start, I mean, everybody should start as soon as possible with exercise, no matter who you are. But for people with MS and Parkinson's, um, it's important to exercise in a way that they feel safe and encouraged to better their movements. Mm -hmm. And not every exercise program is obviously created the same. So I feel like taking a slower, more broken down approach Mm -hmm. when working with those patients is is a better way for them to make progress, feel more confident, see better results. Mm -hmm.
1: With someone that may have more advanced stages of the disease, are there still exercises that they can do, um, even if they're bound to a chair or are less mobile? Absolutely. So
4: just to give you like a better look at what a functional exercise class is compared to like a yoga class or a regular exercise class, functional exercise class really just breaks down how we function into digestible little chunks Uh, so you could absolutely be sitting in a chair and get a full body workout without even having to come up to standing because we're taking piece by piece and looking at how are we breathing then maybe doing some joint mobility of the shoulders and neck and spine and looking at how we're breathing while we're moving and so you're taking these little segments of movement and you're feeling supported, say, because you are sitting in a chair, or you're using some kind of support. You have time to really observe how you're moving, the effects of that movement, how it's making you feel. And it's, it's the awareness that really makes all the difference. It's, it's being mindful of how your body behaves in a movement that really allows them to improve. So you don't have to even – I mean, you can absolutely – do things from home sitting on the couch even
1: that is awesome um this sounds like it can be very therapeutic and maybe there are ways for the caregiver to be involved and not just facilitate at home but also participate in an activity to enjoy together is that possible
4: absolutely i mean the nice thing about it is even if you're not afflicted with ms or parkinson's these exercises are just as important for anyone Um, having that awareness of how we're breathing, how we carry ourselves, how, how our, how our walk is even some of the exercises break down your balance, which side is more dominant versus which side you feel less function on. And, and everybody has that, um, nobody's a symmetrical being. We all have our quirks. So it's really cool for everyone to join in. You can have your family, you can have your caregiver. Because everybody has something to learn
0: from these exercises. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ashley, what's the best way to maintain this? I mean, Mary just talked about, okay, you know, today she got up early and started exercising. (laughs) And, you know, we we can usually maintain that for like two or three weeks. But then after that, you know, maybe the excuses start creeping in or, you know, maybe we're staying up a little bit late the night before. And, you know, that's an excuse not to get up in the morning. How, How do we maintain that momentum?
4: So I tell people to try putting some of these functional movements to work during their functional activities. So some of my uh, clients, um, students have found the most improvement where they take a lesson I've taught them about how to get up and out of a chair better or how to sit down in a chair easier and, uh, and just having that mindfulness going a little slower, thinking about how they approach certain activities during the day. Has made a huge difference, and then to add to that, even doing five or ten minutes of maybe a specific exercise that's not difficult, that's easy to do at home, uh, is plenty. You absolutely don't have to do like an hour a day or anything that seems overwhelming. I think that's where people get caught up as they hold themselves to these, you know, huge expectations. Um, but I think slow and steady wins the race. And I actually find people get better results that way, get hurt less often, trigger less pain responses. Um, so slow and steady is really the way to go, it's not overwhelming. I think everybody could take a note from that mm-hmm. method also, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> even people without chronic conditions.
1: Absolutely. It sounds like uh, these exercises and, and activities um, really can help with an outcome on balance and, um, and kind of doing the occupational everyday activities as well. Do you see good outcomes um, with the, the people that you work with uh, in the, the long term on these things?
4: Yes, absolutely. Because we're we're doing certain exercises to improve the functionality day to day. Um, it does carry into it because they end up having more energy. They end up feeling better in these activities. So they end up doing more activities and then it spurs them into wanting to maybe do a little more exercise to maintain it. So one kind of fuels the other. I feel like when you get in a habit of better movement, understanding your movement and a way to approach it for your individual self where you feel safe and confident, that's going to help just keep you on an upward upward trajectory in terms of getting better movement and getting more out of your movement.
0: Well, Ashley, for people like me who uh, really don't know if they're getting in <laughs> or out of a chair properly, what's what's the best way to get up with you and learn more about uh, modified movement?
4: So my programs right now are uh, here in Wake Forest, North Carolina. I teach a functional exercise class for Parkinson's and MS. Uh, they usually go for eight week series and we go from base level breathing all the way up to being able to comfortably get in and out of a chair, work on walking, et cetera. So it's, it's really digestible. It's an awesome community. And these lessons are also offered individually online also, if you're unable to make it to a group class. So it's really approachable for everyone.
0: Oh, very cool. Very cool. And how did they get a hold of you?
4: So you can visit me at ModifyMyMovement.com, and you can find all of my classes and ways to schedule right from there.
0: Perfect. That's ModifyMyMovement.com. She is Ashley Sayaloon, the owner and instructor at Modified Movement. Ashley, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it.
4: Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate
0: it. Well, you did a wonderful job, and we hope to talk to you again soon. We are taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. You stick with us. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF News, Talk, Traffic. Hey, if you want to learn more about Transitions Life Care, be sure to go online anytime to Care. TransitionsLifeCare.org. There are so many resources available to you online there. There's also uh, calendars of uh, things that are going on in the community that uh, may be of benefit to you. TransitionsLifeCare.org to find out more information. I'm Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas, and now we're, we're getting into my wheelhouse here. We're gonna be talking about food and nutrition for older adults, and we are very pleased to welcome Chef Zach. He is Chef Zach Merritt with Chefs for Seniors. Zach, thank you so much for joining us today.
3: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
1: Maybe to kick us off, Zach, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what is Chefs for
0: Seniors? Yeah, sure.
3: Um, so, um, I've been a professional chef for uh, about twenty years or so. I've done all sorts of things from small fine dining restaurants to to large scale catering. Um, and about four years ago, we had my wife and I had the opportunity to purchase a Chefs for Seniors uh, franchise. Um, and at the time, they had just started selling them chefs for seniors started in uh, madison wisconsin mm-hmm. and it was a father-son um, we were one of the first five franchises um But uh, what it is is it's a personal staff service um, geared towards seniors so uh, what we do is we meet with our our clients we talk about their dietary needs um, and in general food likes and dislikes uh, and then we schedule a service day and on that service day We'll do the grocery shopping for the the menu that they selected. We'll come to their house. We'll bring all of our own pots and pans. Oh, wow. Um, And when we leave, they'll have about 12 meals that are all packaged, ready to go. They just need to be reheated. Um, And again, everything's made to their liking. Um, And then we schedule another visit and we can come back in a week or two weeks. Kind of depends on uh, that person's lifestyle and and how often they're gonna be eating the uh, food that we prepare.
1: Oh, that's awesome! I, I, with the timing of this conversation, is pretty perfect with the new year and people trying to make healthy goals. Um, you say to my liking when I when I'm thinking about planning out my meals, and all I'm thinking is uh, ice cream and uh, chocolate, a glass of wine. Uh, so, but I I can imagine sure. for, for the right. older adult, there's some probably critical things to think about when planning meals. Can you talk through uh, what that looks like? What is that process like? And do you um, do you work with uh, special diets?
4: Yeah, I mean,
3: absolutely. So working with, like, special diets is what really sets um, Chefs for Senior Service separate from, like, a meal delivery service or something like that because everything is made customized for the client. So, you know, if you look at our our menu, you'll see uh, a pork tenderloin with a cranberry sauce, and that comes with rice and green beans. Mm. Well, they love that pork tenderloin with cranberry sauce, um, but they, they can't have rice for um, a dietary reason and, and, they hate green beans. So, you know, maybe we can do that with sweet potatoes and broccoli or something that they're like, and then, you know, we can cook the broccoli softer or, or keep it crispier. So it can really be personalized, um, for that individual client. And, and then, so with dietary needs, you know, low sodium is huge. Um, using things like fresh herbs, vinegars, um, different citrus, different ways to add flavor into food, got adding a lot of salt so that they'll still still get something delicious, but not not just you know dumping the salt shaker on everything, um, and so that kind of thing.
1: That's uh, My cardiologist would appreciate you saying that. I feel like I pour salt on everything. And, um, they, you know, I also spend time with my grandfather, and I help take care of him. And I, I look around the dining room sometimes when I'm with him, and there's everyone goes immediately for the salt. And I feel like that's something that we should probably be watching a little bit more of.
3: Yeah, and especially as, as some folks get older, um, they start to kind of lose their, their sense of taste. So what, they might not have used that much salt before but then they're they're not tasting as much so they're they're adding more salt than, than really needs to be added so um, if you can add flavor using spices and, and herbs and other things you know they'll still get that satisfaction of, of eating something flavorful it's just not going to be salty mm-hmm.
0: yeah chef Zach you uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back to meals with my grandparents, and you know, it's funny we are having the salt conversation because that was always one of the topics mm-hmm. that came up as how oh the, this is too salty. And so, uh, you know, I think when we're trying to maybe get meals ready for them that, you know, we try and navigate to things that are, are maybe a little bit more bland because we don't want to cross that bridge. But how do we avoid kind of falling into the trap of maybe maybe the same kinds of foods over and over again just because we think that's maybe a little bit safer?
3: Um, you can, you know, look at look at some different recipes to come up with some different ideas. Um, you know, learn study a little bit some of the ingredients and stuff that you're using and see um, like if you're concerned about adding too much of this or that, you know especially looking at, at your prepared foods and stuff. Um, there's a lot of lot of options out there now for um, healthier stuff. Uh, you just have to kind of know what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know when I'm looking for something new or um, to get inspired, like looking at I think a lot of different recipes, um, you, you say bland like some some folks they they like spice and they want spice some people have traveled the world and, and sometimes they want to kind of recreate some of those flavors that they've had um, so you know just talking to talking to your loved one about um, other things that they've enjoyed in their life and and maybe try to bring some of that to it
1: so we've been talking a lot about meals. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you supplement meals with snacks? It's one of my favorite things. I can snack all day. Um, but do you have a, a part of your business that offers a snack option as well?
3: Yeah, absolutely. There's like a whole um, section of the menu that's uh, kind of lighter fare um, with with some things in there like um, uh, like a a lemony cauliflower and bean dip, or a poda- potato knish, um and roasted eggplant dip—things uh, like that—that that you can have around the house and you might be able to eat it with some vegetables or some uh, some healthier chip options. Um, but you know that that's important because when we when we go for when we're creating it yourself, you're controlling the ingredients that are mm-hmm. in there. Um, it might if you when you buy it, you don't know what they're putting in there to add shelf life or flavor enhancers or, or any of that stuff that might not be so desirable. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but when you're reaching in the pantry, you know, you're usually reaching for processed stuff, but if you have something on hand that's homemade, it can be a much healthier option.
1: That's a great point. And something that I, I'm thinking about through our conversation is the difference between your service and offering these healthy prepared meals versus grabbing a freezer meal, which might be super easy for many, especially for a caregiver that's taking care of someone maybe at a distance to, you know, order groceries or grab groceries and stuff the freezer full of something that might have the word healthy on the label or low calorie on the label or low sodium on the label that you stick in the microwave. But you are also consuming a lot of preservatives when you do that and, and things that you just don't know that are in your food. Uh, so I think there's a healthy way here and, and you're able to provide these meals that are also freezer safe, correct?
3: Yeah, most of the things um, can be freezer safe. I mean, I wouldn't recommend freezing chicken salad or something, but most of the <laughs> meals um, are freezer safe. And, and most of our clients do freeze mm-hmm. at least a portion of their meals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and then eat them the next week or whatever um so yeah it's designed to to still have that easy factor where they don't have to do anything but microwave it um but yeah you know everything that's actually in it too
0: all right chef zach for those who are listening earlier and said you know man i really want uh what's on the menu today i want that pork tenderloin with the the rice and the green beans How, how do people get a hold of you chef zach
3: Sure. So uh, my phone number, uh, 984-960-9563. And you can also fill out uh, information on our website, and there's a lot more um, information there at chefsforseniors.com. There's a a menu there um, and all sorts of other information. But again, phone number,
0: 984-960-9563. Wonderful. Chefsforseniors.com or... Nine eight four nine six zero nine five. Six three to get a hold of Chef Zach. He is Zach Merritt with Chefs for Seniors. Chef Zach, Mary, and I would uh, would love it if if you ever come up with Chefs for you know distressed millennials, or we'll, we'll be first in line to sign up. Okay, just let us know.
3: Well, yeah, no, we we I, we can help anybody.
0: Just give me a call. Okay, all right, that, That's good to know. That's good to know. Right. We'll we'll, we, we we'll don't check that pages. out. Very good. Thank you so much for your time. Again, Chef Zach Merritt with Chefs for Seniors. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF, news, talk, traffic. Jason Kong here with... Mary Lucas. And we are now pivoting to planning, which is something that we love to talk about. And we are very excited to have joining us Claren Engelbreth. She is the, a financial advisor and a mother of four. She's got her hands full. Four <laughs> boys, actually. Uh, I don't know how you do it, Claren, but thank you so much for joining us today
5: glad to be here, glad to be here. I always tell everyone, they say, well, how do you work as a financial advisor? I said, this is where I come to rest.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, so, Claire, and you, your background is in the financial world from corporate loans to mortgages, and uh, you made your way back to financial advising for individuals. What made you want to move more into individual financial assistance and advising?
5: Well, when I decided that I wanted to work in the financial industry, you know, one of the couple of things that were really important to me were to help people and to educate people. And so I found I had so much knowledge from working in different areas of the bank, but I really wanted to be able to help people organize their money, feel good about their money, and make sure that they were making really good choices, but also informed choices, that they understood, you know, what they were doing and why it made sense to them. Mm
1: -hmm. So
5: I wanted to get out of the corporate world and really be able to help people and make a difference.
1: That's great. It gives me like a good feeling to know, you know, financial advisors are something they'd be kind of intimidating for people. Um, And it's something that maybe comes with a um, stigma that it's only for wealthy people, um, or you need a lot of money to have a financial advisor, but that's not the case. And it's it's nice to know um, your background and um, that you're really looking out for people. Um, And that's also a question I had, is it only for wealthy people, financial advising, you know, with that stigma, Um, it kind of maybe scares some people off from consider financial advising or estate planning. Right.
5: The industry has changed and still changing so much. And what I would say to that is, you know, I feel like, you know, when you talk about being wealthy and needing an advisor, it's something that has always seemed like, I always picture the Wizard of Oz and the wizard (laughs) being behind the green curtain. And you know he's behind the green curtain, but you don't really know much about the wizard behind the curtain. You're afraid to ask because you feel like you should know about the wizard. (laughs) Um, So anyway, you're right. You do not have to be wealthy. You know, everyone uses money every Mm -hmm. single day. It's an exchange to buy and sell things that we need or want. So our industry has changed from being just, stock pickers, to really helping people holistically plan so many different things. Um, and that includes your investments, retirement, goals you want to accomplish today, the right insurance, um, helping people with estate planning, and kind of all, every aspect of organizing your wealth. So it, it, you, you know, and being wealthy is subjective too, right? That's mm-hmm. a different number for everyone. So what I find is whether people have more money than they need or not enough, they still need to get it organized and make sure they're making good choices. So I think that everyone should take the opportunity to talk with someone that is a financial advisor at some point. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, you touched on estate planning there for a second. I want to circle back to that. Um, When should someone start estate planning? Is it ever too early to start estate planning?
5: Uh, It's never too early. I am... A uh, cancer survivor myself. Oh, wow. So when you start to think about your own mortality, you know, I'm pretty young. That could happen at any mm-hmm. age. So, no, no, you can never plan too early. And honestly, estate planning is the best gift that you can leave your loved ones. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you know, um. I've. I've, I've not to get too personal here, but when you were diagnosed with cancer, and I'm so glad that um, you are here with us and that, that you've made it through all that, and it can, and I really admire that. And I think that that adds to your journey um, in doing what you're doing now and in, in the career that you're in. When you were diagnosed, did it, it kind of shift your mindset a little bit on your role um, in, in your career as well and financial advising and um, in the clients that you work with? it
5: really did, you know, um, knowing that you could not be here and that it actually could happen and that you're, you know, we all know we're not invincible, but we still kind of deep down at our core, believe that we are to some extent invincible. So that completely changed my perspective that, you know, I myself at a young age need to make sure that I've got my ducks in a row and that everything that I have is organized in case I were to leave this earth. And, um, So yeah, it has changed the conversations that I have with all of my clients, no matter what their age is. Mm
1: -hmm. So how does one get started with estate planning? What does that first step look like?
5: Yep, so the first step would be to think about what's most important to you when you leave this world. What do you want to happen to your your assets? What do you want to have happen to your material? your tangible things that are important due to you, that you want to go to specific people. So start to think about what you want to happen when you're not here anymore and how you want that to happen for your family. There's so many aspects of estate planning. It's not just, you know, I need a will and that's going to lay out who everything goes to. There's beneficiaries on accounts. There's ways to avoid certain, um, certain documentation and public documentation upon your death and I really think it's also important for your family to know what what do you want to happen? How do you want them to celebrate your life? You know, it's really not a good time for your family to be making financial decisions Mm -hmm. when they're trying to decide how to honor your life. Mm,
1: That's a good point. And, Uh, you know, when you've touched on family here a few times when is the appropriate time to involve your family if if you're anything like my family they want to be involved in the whole thing um from the very (laughs) get-go and and also have their say in everything um but when is the appropriate time to involve your family in in the conversation and in this process
5: so you know for for aging parents it's really important that before you know before you can't make decisions, they need to know, you know, what's important to you. So the earlier, the better. I say with that too, you know, with me, I've sat down and I've had a conversation with my husband, my spouse about, here's what I want. Here's what I want to happen if I'm not here. This is how it should work. If I'm not here, this is who you need to talk to. And we've got it all written down. And same thing with aging parents. You need to sit down with someone that's important to you, be that a child or a another family member or a friend and let them know, hey, this is the planning I've done. This is what's important to me so that they're not trying to figure out when you're not here what they need to do first. Um, So if you haven't had that conversation with your important person that you would want to be in charge when you're not here, you need to have them sit down with you and your financial advisor or your attorney that's done the planning for you and make sure that they're aware of how things are supposed to happen.
0: That sounds like the ideal scenario, and I, I think we should all you know make it a point to do mm-hmm. that, but I think so often we, we tend to put these things off or maybe neglect it, and then uh, you know, a crisis happens, and then we're, we're kind of thrusted into this. So for, for those who've experienced that, you know, what are the main things that we need to keep in mind with an estate plan when we're, we're suddenly we're presented with a, a scenario that we, we were not foreseeing?
5: Right. So I think it's really important to, number one, you've got to find the documentation and find out if there was. And typically those can be recorded. Um, If there was some planning done, typically typically it's recorded. And then you want to make sure that you find out where all the accounts are and you want to, you know, get with an attorney to help you make sure that you're processing the estate the way that it should be done. Because that can be a very lengthy process, and it's one that you don't want to do incorrectly. So, you, I would definitely advise the help of a professional um, to get through that.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Claren, if folks are looking to find more information about you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you?
5: Sure, sure. So, I have a website. You can Google. Uh, Edward Jones, Clarence Engelbreth, and my name should pop up. And all of our, our address, our office hours, and our contact information is there. Would love to have a conversation with anybody that's looking just to get some advice on where do I start. Because every person is different and every situation is different. So happy to help however I can.
0: Wonderful. Again, she is Claren Inglebreath. If you want to find more information about her, just Google Edward Jones, Claren Inglebreath, and you'll find more. She's a financial advisor and mother of four boys, and we really appreciate her time today. Claren, thank you so much.
5: You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, we are out of time for today. we Appreciate you joining us, and we hope that you uh, have a wonderful New Year's Day and a wonderful 2022 as well. We hope you'll join us again next week. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF, news, talk, traffic. Have a wonderful day.